from a studio in Lakewood, Colorado, deep within the dungeons of your mind, is the Punk Rock Horror Podcast. I am the Undead Matt. Where the fuck did that trumpet come from? <laughs> I'm Krampus Cody. <laughs> and today, we are here to remind you that if you do decide to go on a road trip with things opening up now, to not stop at any out-of-nowhere place that you're not comfortable with. Just don't do it. We see it in every horror movie. Everyone gets out of the car so that way you can get a good kid, so the killer can get a good head count of who he needs to kill. And then, you know, the old man at the gas station is just like, oh, you don't want to go down that road. You want to take this road. Don't listen to him in this case. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He's part of a secret cult that's appeasing old gods with sacrifices. And, yes, I kind of did just spoil part of the uh, of the story of Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I mean, OK, if you haven't seen it at this point, you know, what are you doing? Who, who wants to feel old? Who right now? Because I'm going to do it. I'm going to make us do all it. feel terribly Go old. Go for it. Fucking knock it out of the park. Because Rip if that you haven't off. seen The Cabin in the Woods, if you haven't seen The Cabin in the Woods, which came out 10 years ago, Ugh. fucking get, get over yourself and watch the goddamn movie. It's on like every streaming platform at this point, and it's a, it's a classic now. Just watch it. <laughs> like 10 years there's no spoiler. You can't be upset about spoilers and stuff like that anymore. Yeah. Like anything that's been 10 years old. You've had, like, you've had your fuck, man. It's in so many top tens. Yeah. It's, and it's in so many top 10 movies. Like, I know. Like concepts and videos and whatnot. Like if you fucking, you could see, you could tell the entire movie just from top 10, like everybody's top tens on YouTube. Right. Like you can basically put the whole movie together. So man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. So without a mind like, today, Unlike unlike cult like sacrifices through horror monsters, we are brought to you by slashcast.net. That is our current home where you can find everything punk rock horror podcast, or you can also just search it us uh, search us up on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get podcasts. Um, again, with that in mind, everybody, welcome back. So, quick, quick, quick disclaimer. So, we did do a part one of Asian horror going from 1920s to 1980s with Crystal from Horror Nights in Part two is coming out. So we do appreciate your patience. Um, we're trying to take more time with researching and getting our, our stuff organized that what ended up happening is that we kind of had a break in between with this past Tuesday episode where we had uh, the amazing Zach Lampla, Jeff, uh, Jeffrey Stevenson and Brian Eamond, which again, shout out to them. Thank you gentlemen for coming on the show again. It was great. Talk to you. Please check out things you didn't know about bigfoot number one will blow your mind um we uh, we had that episode come out in between as kind of like a breather to still have content coming out but also um because we wanted to promote uh their movie we hope you check that out but yeah keep in mind we are coming out with part two as well and again we just want to say to everybody that we thank you for your love and support for this show and just being so cool i do kind of want to give i want to give a shout out so I'm going to protect this person's last name to try and protect their privacy. But I want to give a shout out to a listener who uh, who reached out to us recently and, and pointed out an issue with episode 155. If you listen to episode 155, you might have kind of heard how me and Cody schedule things. So <laughs> that so that wasn't supposed to be the recording. It was totally an accident. But we had a cool person by the name of Christina reach out to us and tell us like, hey, just so you know, I'm a fan of the show. 
but your shit's weird. No, <laughs> but no, she didn't say. She didn't say it like that. No, she, she was like, "You need to go back to episode 155." I don't think you meant to, uh, but it's got the recording of you guys talking about your scheduling. And so, because of that, we were able to go. We were able to take it off of publish for the moment being. Go and fix it and republish it. So, Christina. Thank you. That was very nice of you. That was very sweet of you. And we appreciate you uh, reaching out to us and letting us know. Um, and again, listeners, ghouls, gals, creeps, movements alike. We love talking to y'all. We love hearing from you. And we love it when you reach out to us and tell us, you know, about these things. Because sometimes it happens where we're just, you know, we get an episode out and we're moving. We're focused on promoting and we don't think to check back on it, you know, a third, you know, on a third check. And so mistakes like that can happen. So we do appreciate that. Thank you again. Uh, Christina for for that. I just want to give you a lovely shout out. But we're back yeah. with a Friday episode. I'm just glad they didn't catch it. Like saying like, you know what? Fuck that guy. Like <laughs> <laughs> like for that actually. I think that's like I I think that is like the most like uh, polarizing thing about us when people meet us is that we're not really mean off of here. Like. I, I don't know if like we sound mean on here. I don't think we do. I feel like people want to tune to us if we sound mean all the time, but like we're we're very nice and we're very kind. I mean, you know, if if you happen to catch me when I'm, you know, have smoked a little, I'm even more friendly where I'm just like, Oh, that's great. I love yeah, I love horror movies too. And people are just like, Yeah, I know, that's kinda why I'm talking to you about it. <laughs> so <laughs> But <laughs> I'm just glad we're not those guys who are like, okay, so you know how in, like, in movies and whatnot, like, you'll see, like, the the fucking popular, like, super famous radio host, or in our days yeah. now, like, the podcasters that do an interview with someone, and then, you know, the interview, like, they think, like, it goes great, but someone always says one thing, or, like, it's because egos clash, and then when the person walks away, the radio host always like... And that guy's a right. fucking dick or something like that. <laughs> yeah. you know, I'm glad we've never had one of those moments and action and accidentally get, like get it caught on on voice. <laughs> like I'm glad we're not those guys. We're like after an interview, we'll be like, yeah, fuck those guys. Because thankfully, all of our interviews have been fucking awesome, and, and oh, they yeah. also know that if we. And I also just know that, like, and all our guests have been fucking fantastic, like, for real. Like, I'm always, like, blown away by our guests and, like, and that they want to talk to us, (laughs) you know? And so it's just, like, I'm just glad we're not one of those people where, like, they have such a big ego and shit where it's like, and we're also like not terrible people. <laughs> I think, you know? I think that is why I, I still eat cake and I haven't really dedicated to getting abs. Cause I feel like that would be the point where I do develop a certain ego, you know, just, I mean, that would that <laughs> like right now, this stomach, man, this is what's keeping me humble. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I have so much. <laughs> no, no, no. no. But for real though, I, I do think I think sometimes it's kind of polarizing just like how nice we are. Because again, we're not, you know, we're not gonna we're never gonna be mean to somebody who's also just genuinely like, hey, I really like your show. Because again, we've talked about that where it's like building up that courage to just like say something to people that you listen to, whether it's a band or, a, you know, an actor or just somebody who you happen to see and just be like, hey, the thing you did that you put a lot of time into, I recognize that and it clicked with me and I like it a lot. And I just want you to know that I like it a lot. That's just to even like say anything in that degree 
takes so much like strength within vulnerability. So I never mm-hmm. want to be somebody who's in that situation where somebody's coming up to me is like, I really like your show. I really love talking to you or, uh, you know, or I remember gotten to talk to you. I really love hearing you talk, you know, any of those words. And I never want to be somebody who's like, can you bug me another time? Like, you know, I'm never like, it, uh, yeah, it just, right? I just, I don't have that type of bone in my body. There's, I can't be that mean. Like now, like keep in mind, like I have my limits too, but like for the most part, like if with things opening back up and you know, with the possibility of us doing live shows again, we're not saying anything's happening yet, but possibility, you know, if people want to come up and talk to us, I want them to feel comfortable and I want them to genuinely want to feel like they can come up and talk to us, you know? Mm-hmm. Except yeah. that one, except that no, one I guy who keeps like great. mentioning his. Sorry, my bad. No, no, I was like, that's great. I said, what guy? What guy? Who's touching themselves? Except, except one guy who keeps like reaching into their <laughs> coat pocket. It's like I think they're gra- I think he's scratching his armpit or like his rib or something. I don't know. I don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> No, he's a flasher. <laughs> he's he's a flasher. I don't I don't want to see his dingling. No, but like <laughs> I don't know. I just hope I'm, I I never get to that point where I'm just a fucking asshole to anybody who's just like, hey, you want to? I like 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 your show. I don't want to be like, yeah. Just go fuck yourself. <laughs> I hate those types of people. Cause like I've had I've had those run-ins. With celebrity, like I've I've had my run-ins with like some celebrities and whatnot that were just complete and total dickheads afterwards and stuff. Like, don't get me wrong, I'm I'm sure like all the A-listers are just so tired of people being like, "Oh my god, I loved your movie," you know? <laughs> like, don't get, I mean, I know the the paparazzi and shit. Like, oh my god, TMZ can go good sell. Um, like, there's some celebrities if they came on here, I would really question about some of their movies, like. I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm just saying, like, if, if the kid from Eli came on here, I would be asking him some pretty serious questions. Like, why did you say yes to that? Was it you or was it your parents that said yes to the role? Because what the fuck? <laughs> you could do <laughs> <How> much better. <laughs> but, like, I just hope I'm never one of those people. If someone wants to just, like, is a fan of, like, my work and just wants to come. Like, hey, I liked your stuff. I just hope I'm never to the point dickhead about it because my ego and i'd say and i'd say like we're at the like i almost felt sound like one of those like cringeworthy facebook times those people uh one of those moments where people were like yeah (laughs) right right no i feel yeah like yeah i i think i think we're gonna be okay in the long run, my brain's also you know. like, I say, and also, sorry, listeners, if I kind of ramble, I, my brain's also like half fresh. Been a long fucking week, man. <laughs> I, I think you're fine. Like, so, I, I, again, cool. unless unless Vera Firminga, or I guess, or uh, I think it's like Teresa or, or Teresa Firminga decided to come on here and I like have an aneurysm about the nun. Um, I think we're going to be okay. You know, I think we're going to be all right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Could you think I was like, <laughs> well, am I watching the movie or am I watching a horror movie? Make up your fucking mind. You are scarier as a 
bit role instead of the main attraction. <laughs> like, Fucking, I get it, your sisters. And I, it was clever casting you as as is in this role. I get that. I get that. I get that. But what the fuck? What the fuck? You are you are you honestly telling me I was supposed to be scared by this shit? This shit of a movie you call The Nun. <laughs> hey, to be fair, if I ever met that the people who were in charge of fucking the the uh, advertisement for Happy Death Day. I'd probably choke the shit out of him for ruining what potentially could have been a solid movie for me. Oh like, God. just that advertisement. You, like, you have to go back and rewatch it. You, you, I know you made I do, a, but I'm you just You made saying, a commitment. I just you made a commitment. Like, yeah, like, whoever, whoever fucking made the advertisement. That's why I didn't say the movie. The advertisement for that movie was like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to make it seem like it's going to be a dark and gritty Dog's Day. And then it wasn't. It was supposed to be a satire, like... Just the advertisers. I know. I'll, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> yeah, I would, yeah, no, but. Um, anyways, I talking about movies that drive us insane, it's time to move on to our next most popular segment called Something You Love and Hate. If you are new to the show and you've never heard a something you love and hate, what we do is we take something that's happened the past day, week, or month that we have witnessed, watched, or have been through, and we want to express our ideas about it. Let you know that deep down inside, even though we're filled with maggots and worms and all types of gross things, that we're still human. We still have something beating down there. So, with that in mind, because you kicked off the last one with the WWE, which was a solid one. I'm glad we talked about that. Because fuck Vince McMahon, seriously. Um, I, I, I think I think we need to talk about one movie that came out that I do not agree with a lot of the positive reviews has received. And if you know what I'm talking about, then I think you know where this is going. <laughs> fuck Mortal Kombat. They're all like you. <laughs> also, like you know, one of the listeners are probably like, "If you said you hate Kong versus Godzilla, I swear to God." <laughs> no, fuck Mortal no, Kombat. So, so here's the thing: Mortal Kombat. The yeah. overall objective pro of the movie is that it has great action scenes and great gore. But you know yep. what? The gore could be a bit better as what we've seen in the Mortal Kombat video games and even the animated movies. And at the same time, there is just so much shit in between each action scene that you can't <laughs> not... Like, Fast and the Furious could get away with it because it's Fast and the Furious. It's dumb, easy-to-digest action with cool cars that drive fast and they do cool tricks and that, you know, and whatever. It doesn't, and it doesn't have an established backstory. Mm -hmm. It was its own thing. <laughs> Go figure. Mortal yeah. Kombat, on the other hand, marketed its movie with, hey, we now get to actually, you know, see Scorpion and Sub-Zero's rivalry put on the big screen, and it for the first time ever, we get to actually be the see main focus. And, and then the movie opens up with the Shiro Ayu being killed by the Lin Kuei, and uh, we, we see, oh. you know, Hanzo collectively lose his shit and just 
fuck up everybody with which by the way i uh, like that the I, I like that the shovel or like the gardening tool happens to also just be a spear at the same time so i mean fucking whatever um you I mean, know that's what it is it, it, yeah but it legitimately looks like it was going to be his spear <laughs> you know like it, it looked it looked more like a spearhead than it did an actual farming tool like did she just like oh here let me take the sacrament <laughs> let me take the ceremonial dagger that we just have lying around to just fucking plant some like you know carrots and shit like whatever you know like i don't know i mean just, what else are you gonna use a ceremonial dagger for you like, can't sacrifice anymore might as well do like oh <laughs> like it's a small critique like because it's just about the dagger itself but like more overall to the movie you know we see him like just fucking pulls off some cool shit gets killed by it like uh, behan you know fucking sub-zero and then we don't mm-hmm. see him until the end of the movie until Cole, the last the guy that they made for minutes. this movie yeah until the last five minutes where cole which by the way why did not only did you just like create a hero that didn't need to be created for the movie, a protagonist that didn't need to be created because you could have gotten away with the same shit with, you know, Liu Kang or, uh, or, but here, yeah, that's my thing. No, uh, I I know Raiden's made like bad calls in the Mortal Kombat lore in general, but Hey, yeah, let's, let's not put all of our money on Liu Kang, this guy who has like spent years mastering his powers, who can summon a fucking fire dragon. No, let's put all our money on the dude. Who's lost every single fight who cannot win without a hand and whose literal power is power armor. And it's still too fucking weak to take on Goro by himself. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, that is the guy that's going to defend Earthrealm? We are fucked. Yep. Pretty much. Not not the guy who can summon the dragon. No, not fuck the guy, guy who. <laughs> not the chick who fucking took out two of the. Two, like, people. Two marked. Uh, two bad guys who had the marks and everything. With her own super. Because she's a badass and sonya blade fuck her let's get the mma fighter who raiden flat out said you have no will to win he couldn't even win an underground fight in the beginning of the movie yeah like and then then i was like oh well that need to do for the you know to set up his his hero heroic rise now fuck that you could have just did johnny cage fucking yeah and not made him part of the shiro ryu that too, it's like, or you, you know what? If the entire movie was Ryu back then, in the movie because they're like, oh well, this is post tournament, you know, or pre tournament, whatever the fuck, before the tournament, like the whole movie, you didn't even get to see the tournament too. Like that's also what's stupid. Well, like, but like, you could have like instead, if they want to do that, why didn't you? about the fucking thing about Shirayu and the Lin Kuei and the movie ends right after Bihan kills Scorpion and then it turns Ponchi like it is in the fucking lore like it's not a hard lore to fuck up you know? like like Jesus and like that's my thing man when when Cabal really? and Kano are the most entertaining parts Waste. of the movie uh- <laughs> Yeah, when Kano is literally holding the entire movie on his... <laughs> or not Cabal. Kano is the best. Kano is so fucking great. Like, 
Give me a second here. I'm sorry. I just there's so much anger I have for this movie because uh, and what 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 fills the fire for me? What fills the fire of my hatred for this movie is all the rose-colored glasses people who are just like, "Ah, it has its issues, but it's it's worth it for the action." Fuck you. Okay, it look I even will say if you are investing in the action alone, sure, there's something to take away from it. But Jesus Christ, like the gore isn't that over the top. Like it's not, like the only gory part that I will and I will say the most gory part is how like fucking Natara was just basically used as a gory fatality. Does even she flies around and then just fucking conglomerates yeah. like insta fatality and cut you half. That was the only goriest part. Yeah, no fight. There's no fight from her. I mean, they could spit fucking blood and stuff like that. She was badass in the games. And no, they just do that. And then, you know. Fucking. Yeah, no, like, it, that's the shit, dude. Like, she, like, there's so many badass characters that they threw in that they just fucking just did it because they wanted to propel a stupid story. And again, again. Like, fucking, they just, like, screwed over Goro. Goro was literally being the shit out of Cole, where, again, Cole's just like, hey, I have power armor that I can grow Tonfas out of, so I'm here to defend Earthrealm with my Tonfas, and one has a nice little sharp blade on it. Fucking is getting choked out, and his goddamn, his fucking wife has to come save the day with a simple, like, fucking uh, axe. Are you are you kidding me? Like you you want me to support the protagonist you're putting in my face that can't even fucking win with power armor. He has power armor. How bad at fighting do you have to be that you have a huge increase at defense and you still get your ass kicked? Like for fuck's that's like he's he might as well have put on a suit of armor and Goro just come up and tip him over. Like it might as well have been just that. Like for fuck's sake. Like it's just like they did my boy Reptile wrong. Like, it's just, it's so bad. And I get it. Yep. I get it. They're trying to make a movie for people who have never played the games. But let me tell you something. The games still have a better fucking lore. <laughs> than the, than the, the gurgled bullshit action movie that you put out. I do not agree with, like, the 55% <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes it has. I think it deserves far less than that, to be quite honest. There is far too many issues... Yes, do the characters look like the characters from the video game? Sure. Was there violence? Sure. Is there some gore in it? Sure. So then you're asking, well, Matt, isn't that fan service? No, that's pandering to the fans. And they're just fucking putting rose-colored glasses over everybody because all we wanted was a Mortal Kombat movie. Now that we got one, we're just not willing to complain about it. Well, I say, fuck that. Put it under scrutiny. They could have done better. They're planning to make three movies. The second one better do better from this one. If not, Fucking Street Fighter is the best video game that's ever existed. Is that the 1999 movie still better? Yeah. <laughs> the 1999 Mortal Kombat movie still better. Fuck it up the song. And guess what? Johnny fuck Cage. Up the most epic. Oh my god. Yeah, you Sorry. can't fuck up that song. It's the greatest song. Just put it in. You. The greatest techno song ever, fucking, and they still <laughs> fucked it up by redoing the song. Like, at least the song you know, that they put. Fucking... 
Mortal Kombat. Do, 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 do. It's not that hard. <laughs> and, and you know what's no, funny is that the song that was in the the song that that was in the it was in the credits was actually better than the one that they included within the fight scenes. Like, I know. Like, and also, can I just point out that in the '90s version of the Mortal Kombat movie, Johnny Cage might have won in a ridiculous way by punching Goro in the nuts, but he did it by himself. I'm just saying. Like, and also, and also, here's the thing. At least in that movie, it made it showed how is by just fucking rough shotting like what 10 dudes Johnny Cage had to use his brain and I'm not going to actually beat this guy like I have to use my brain and he did unlike Cole like okay just... so this is what my, what am I last go for it go for I it saw someone trying I go and read it about they had them trying to justify I how Goro wasn't just a fucking jobber in the, and they even say in the lore, he in the lore in the, the lore and stuff like that and blah 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 and it's just like, but a scene where he dies, <laughs> he did, like, they did nothing to help Goro sucked and they ruined him. I was like fucking like right, all right Johnny Cage has to fucking be able to just like overpower him while I will use my defensive armor and he's like the girl's like no and it takes his wife like you said it takes another person to cage did it on his own and then in like video games Luke Kang did it on his own <laughs> but no no he's gonna be the one that saves Earthrealm and defends it from outwardly beings with ungodly strength. No, no, no. Let's not bet our money on the fucking monks who have been training their entire life. No, let's let's put our money on the guy who's admittedly within the movie itself, not trained, doesn't know how to defend, and only is aggressive. Yeah, let's let's fucking bet our money on that guy. Okay. Yeah, let's let's try to yeah. not have an ex machina for every scene where he's gonna get his ass kicked. Fucking Melina, he would have died. Here comes Sonya with her sonic boom. Fucking even in the end. Boom. Biting sub zero. You know Scorpion had to intervene. Scorpion had to intervene like, for that fight. Fight sub zero. <laughs> pissed me off he would have let scorpion die you know like he let kung lao die Cole kung lao Cole into die. it yeah he just it's so fucking dumb well and like it's like what i find so funny is like the in like scene that shows off some in is kano's they fucking wasted it just like oh she's just gonna pop out of like, couldn't have done it in a fight. No, she just pops out. I'm like, oh, I guess that's cool. No, Kano actually legit had a, like, moment where he had to lose his goddamn mom. And then Jax with his shitty-ass arms. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Like, what Those the fuck was arms. that? Like, don't even get me started on his arms. Uh, oh, my arms are really strong because of my iron <laughs> will. That's my superpower. Get the fuck out of here. Are you kidding me? Like, it, it just... 
Oh my god, dude! Just there's so they many. They ruined Jack's heart, man. Like, <laughs> and it's so not even like '90s Mortal Kombat bad. It's not even like, like '90s like. You know you fucked up when the '90s Mortal Kombat is the good Mortal Kombat. You feel me? Like, <laughs> like. <laughs> I just, I just can't do it, man. Like, it's like, and here's the thing that I will, because I, we got to move on. But here's the thing I yeah. will say is that there are so many fan created Mortal Kombat lore, one called Mortal Kombat Legacy, that was on YouTube, that each episode was about eight to 10 minutes long, and all about collectively, each guy. yeah, and all collectively ended up pleasing more of the fans. Than this movie did. When the fans can make a better movie than you and put it on YouTube and make next to nothing from it, fucking get a reality check. And and here's the thing: like Hollywood's a business; they just wanted the paycheck for it, so fuck them, whatever. Fans, I'm looking at you. Stop excusing this bullshit. We deserve better than this. I've been a Mortal Kombat fan my entire life. So has Cody. Stop excusing dumb dreary bullshit that is just that doesn't that's not that good don't lie to me and tell me it's good and be like yeah it wasn't that bad it was fucking awful okay pure and simple it was awful <laughs> i know that is my subjective opinion but with cody here not being the only one and i know there's many others like jesus christ at least we're, i have no problem us being that you know the odd man out in this instance of just saying it wasn't as good as as the rating is a god it's definitely like below a 20 percent in my opinion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, i'd but, agree with that <laughs> we, need, we need to move on because otherwise we're just going to be fucking mad about Mortal Kombat the entire time. So, to Pretty if you much. want a better Mortal Kombat movie, what we love is the animated Mortal Kombat uh, called... I think it's just called Scorpion's Revenge. Um, yeah, it's called Mor- uh, Mortal Kombat's uh, Scorpion's Revenge. Yeah. Huh? Watch that yeah. movie. That does everything that this Mortal Kombat wanted to do, but animated and better. Like so much better, so much better. Like, like the, the only, only okay, the only mm-hmm. thing, like the only go, thing go that ahead, I will that I will give the movie the live action over this one is the fight scene between Scorpion and Sub Zero in the beginning of the movie was fucking a lot better than the one in this one. But outside of that, everything else is better. And I'm talking about the final confrontation between Scorpion and Sub Zero at the end of the animated one. Mm-hmm. So like that one just was felt a little rushed, but otherwise the rest of the movie's fucking awesome. Johnny Cage is badass in the movie. Liu Kang is badass in the movie. Goro is an actual monster in this one. Fucking Shang Tsung's even like more of an asshole in this one. Raiden's better. Like it's just an all around better fucking movie. And they do the tournament. <laughs> no, no shit. It's, you mean there's a Mortal Kombat in Mortal Kombat? <laughs> good. Yeah. Watch the animated it's one. So it's so good. 
it's so it's it's just way better for the investment if you kind of if you don't want to play the games and you kind of want to know what lore you're missing out on go there watch the movie it's good mm-hmm. or i will still say go check out mortal kombat legacy because that's also on hbo max now as well so now if you if you don't want to go to youtube you can see what we're talking about because it's a fan-made one check it out it is so good it is so much better than the dumb bullshit that we're given that everybody just has rose colored glasses on for right now so which literally literally ripped off the co- the cover art for Godzilla versus King Kong color yeah. scheme almost Fucking. like all, almost down to the color scheme and everything right <laughs> so it's just like the blue and orange half and half like half face half face is yeah <laughs> Except the only difference is that it doesn't have Millie Bobby Brown getting into hijinks and Alexander Skarsgård looking confused all the time. <laughs> what? Kong? <laughs> Kong? <laughs> is that Kong? So you, we, we, so you're in charge of the gorilla, and I'm in charge of the lizard. Okay. Well, he was in charge of the gorilla too, in a sense. I I honestly don't really remember <laughs> why his role is important in the movie. I'm just like, all right, he's here. I I it's kind of like how I did. I was like, oh hey, isn't that fucking the dude from True Blood? <laughs> hey, it's it's Eric. Hey Eric. Yeah, I was like, that's Eric. Hi Eric. You can't be out in the sunlight. You didn't drink a fairy godmother recently. Yeah, you're a vampire, <laughs> you silly goose. You must have forgot. Gosh. Jeez. <laughs> well, with that being said, I think we can move away from something we love and hate and I'll go into something that we all love. And if you've tuned into the show before, you know what we're going to. We're going to do some movie reviews. So if you are new to the show and you want to know how we do it, and I've never told you about it before, but if I have, I know you're going to want me to get through this quickly, so I'll do the best I can. What we do is we pick two movies that share a theme and are related to our Tuesday theme, and we talk about uh, the pros, the cons, let you know if there's any triggers to be aware of throughout the movie, but mostly we're telling you why you should watch the movie. Give it a chance. What, you know, if you're looking for something new and you've never heard of it before, check it out. Or maybe you have heard of it and we're reviewing it. And now you're kind of getting the idea of what to expect from this movie. Well, that's what we're going to be doing today is giving you the 101 on two movies that we think are worth your time. So, yeah. with that being said, Technically, I did go first last time, buddy, um, with The Seventh Curse and, and talking about just how fantastically ridiculous that movie is. I, again, I'm glad I watched it because it's it's just a gem. If you haven't watched it, it's a gem. But do you want to go first this time, buddy, or do you want me to take it one more time for you? No, I'll go first. All right. Go for it. What did you? What is your movie? All right. So... Um, as you all know, uh, this past Monday episode, we talked about the human, the human hunting uh, serial killer uh, from Alaska, Robert Robert Hansen. I almost said Robert Maudsley. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what we talked about first. All the Roberts, but anyways, the butcher baker of Alaska, um, and his uh, mo was obviously hunting humans. So we decided to pick two movies that were. Bad. I did. Did you say all that? I did, yeah. For the most, well, oh, I didn't talk about what the theme oh my was. God, no, 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 no. Oh, I didn't okay. talk about what the theme was. I was we can like, share what the theme is. 
yeah, so the theme is we talked about the serial killer, so we decided to pick two movies uh, that had that were about hunting humans. Um, and so I did 2017's Happy Hunting. Um, and so the synopsis is an alcoholic drifter must be must battle withdrawal and psych, a psychotic regnecks after he becomes the target of a deranged sporting event. Yeah, that's about right. <laughs> um, it was directed by yeah. Sorry, I thought what were you gonna say? No, you're good. Go ahead. I was just laughing uh, with you. Okay. Okay. Um, the uh, Joe Deitch uh, and Louis Gibson Deitch and Louis Gibson um, and, and stars. Okay, start. Sorry, uh, it stars Martin Laley, uh, Kenny Worldman, uh, Worldmald. I had a hard time saying that for some reason, and Connor Williams. Um, yeah, this was sort of like a fun movie. Not gonna lie, like I was, I was like happily surprised about this movie because like it had some like comedic moments that really like broke the tension that were like uh, surprisingly funny. Like I don't think it was they were supposed to come off as funny as they were. Like it's super dark humor with certain aspects, but like it also does this really cool like it's okay. So like a lot of movies that touch on alcoholism and stuff like that really don't talk about how alcoholics really need to kick their habit Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like in most movies they always talk about like okay so for just for anyone who doesn't know one of the the issues about long-term alcohol abuse and stuff like that is and for alcoholics is that most of the time they cannot they actually can't go cold turkey Mm-hmm. So, like, that's one of the scariest things about alcoholism is you can't go straight cold turkey. Some t- it can kill people. Like, it actually can kill a, a certain some people. Like, because they be they've had such a dependency on it and their body has such a dependency on it that they could actually go into shock and die from just going completely cold turkey. And this movie actually touches on that, and it's it's rare. You know what I mean? They actually touch on it and they talk about it a little bit and it's just, it was really refreshing for them to talk to touch on that instead of having that whole fucking like montage that they do in some movies and even some TV shows where they just you know, they kick the habit and they become such a great person afterwards. You know, it's it's not like that. It's like mm-hmm. they, they have to wean on it and they bring it up in this movie and I thought it was really cool. It was just a really cool subject to th- throw in in such a random style movie but it fit it really fit the the, the whole hunting aspect of the movie so anyway so <clears throat> starts off where we meet our man warren um and he's kind of and it just it starts off with him oh my god sorry my notes just kind of like wigged out for a second um it's okay yes yeah, so it starts off with him like, like kind of and these people's houses, uh, uh, in these these dudes' houses, there's drug dealers, and he has like he needs to do a deal for someone, and he's like, like it never actually explains everything that's going on with Warren in the back, like at least that I can remember, it doesn't explain everything, but like so he has to do this deal, and then someone he needs to meet up with these uh, with this certain guy and everything, and he keeps calling them, and he needs to meet them at the border in Mexico. 
And so when he's uh, and so before, like uh, while he's also making these phone calls, he's doing this deal in these people's houses. And this is where it starts touching on the alcoholism. So you see Warren's hand starts to shake and the guy like get, and he gets a drink. And one of the guys goes, yeah, that's one thing they talk about alcoholism is that and drinkers. He's like, you know, it's not the drink that kills you. It's the going cold turkey afterwards. It's the quitting that kills you. And he's like, you know, the, the, the heart, especially in the first 24 hours is the hardest moments for alcoholics and stuff like that. Who can't, who have that much of a dependency. And so when the, and so at one point the, the deal goes south and I'm not going to explain like how this deal goes south. Um, but so one of the drug dealers, and this is where one of the comedic moments for me kind of happened. So one of the drug dealers is like, what the fuck are you trying to sell us, man? And he goes to reach for his shotgun and he grabs it, but he trips and he shoots himself on it and blows his head off with the shotgun. And like, I just always laugh at those moments, like when they like accidentally kill themselves um, in those types of movies. And so like, I just kind of laughed at it, just the whole motion. But it happened so quick, too, where Warren and the other drug dealer are like, what the shit? And Warren just pulls out a gun and just shoots the other dude in the neck. <laughs> and like, it all just happened so quick. You're like, holy crap. Um, holy fuck. But after that, yeah, basically, you're just like, Jesus, because it all happened so fucking quick. <laughs> and like, but at this point, the movie, like, I will say it slows down at this point. Like, the, the, there are parts of this movie that do kind of drag. And I'll say that is the con. And especially in the beginning is where like, it really drags and like, but at the same time, it's, it's because it's trying, the movie's trying to tell Warren's story without giving up everything in his backstory and stuff like that. It's just trying to, it's just really trying to flesh out his character. And, and it does, the movie does do like good character development on him, which I really enjoyed. Um, yeah, so it goes. Uh, so from there on, like he ends up, find, he ends up in this border town between Mexico and Texas. And so when he gets to this town, um, he goes into this bar, and in the bar, like, uh, or is, hold on, sorry, I, I got a little held myself. Oh no, okay, I apologize. So he gets to the bar, and like you see this one patron at the bar, he asks for another shot. And the bartender cuts him off. He says, nah, man, you're done. Everyone's tired of your shit. <laughs> like, and that that line is, like, comes in the key. And it's really important. But he says, you're tired of your shit. And Warren, like, he gets his beer. And so at, I apologize. I can't remember it. If he goes to an AA meeting before or after this, uh, the bar moment. Yeah, at some point before or after the bar moment. Like, uh, the order doesn't matter as much. It's who he meets. He meets this guy, um... He meets this guy named Steve there, and Steve gives him his number. He says, hey, man, I know what's going on with you and stuff like that. Like, I know the feeling. I know exactly where you're from. Like, Steve's almost like he's in his face, like, let me be your friend, like, type thing. It's really weird. <laughs> almost uncomfortable about it. But he gives him his number, and so when Warren, at some point, he needs a place to stay, he calls up Steve. And so Steve and his wife, like he let they let him in and Steve's talking to Warren like and he tells him how Steve actually used to be a drunkard, too. And he's like, I used to be an alcoholic just like you. And he's like and he sees Warren starting to shake at one point. He's like, how long has it been? You know, and he knows how hard how far Warren's been with on his um, his alcoholism. And Steve's like, you know, 
uh, he's like, I had ended up be- needing a change and everything. And he tells this story about how he got so drunk one night, he got into a fight with his wife, and he and his uh, his wife was pregnant at the time. He ended up pushing her down, and she lost the baby because of it. And he said that was the moment he got his shit straight, and that uh, he can't believe his wife forgave him and everything, and like just gave this whole spiel. And so then Warren. Him being an alcoholic and he's also a bit of an addict, he take he you know like he feels the story and he kind of feels for Steve and everything. But him being an addict, he's going to take advantage of these people and he goes into their uh, medicine. Ca- he has to use the bathroom, and he goes to use the medicine cabinet and he ends up snorting some shit, but it pe- makes him pass out. And like while he's like he like collapses to the ground and right before he passes out, you see Steve and his wife standing above him with fucking. Baseball bats with a na- with nails through them, and you just hear Steve always in that. You, there's one thing you can always rely on check, a junkie uh, about a junkie or some shit like that. You know, he's like an always an addict, like once an addict, always an addict, some shit like that. But then mm-hmm. this is where the movie really picks up, and this is where shit gets really cool. And like the movie really picks up, it gets really really good, and like turns this whole hunting thing on its head. So Warren wakes up, and he's uh, you see him. These two people that are uh, that are actually hunting him throughout the whole movie uh, from the, their uh, friend. Sorry, I, I did miss the part. So there's two guys that are hunting him in the movie also that were friends of the drug dealers he killed in the beginning. And yeah, but he's, they get captured somehow. And so you see them, Warren, the drunk from the bar, like the drunk guy from the bar and a homeless and a homeless man. And so. Oh, the town goes, all right, well, they they give this stupid spiel about how the town was founded on uh, buffalo uh, hunting and stuff like that and how they would, like, drive the herds off the cliffs and talked about how Native Americans used to hunt the buffalo. And then the town, like, did that and that. But once all the buffalo went extinct, now they have to do something to hunt. And so they're like, like we just pick the worst people in town and hunt them instead. <laughs> like that's kind like that's basically what they say. I can't remember the exact spiel, but that's what they go on about. And and from here, shit picks up. And it, like there's a and so this is where all the hunt happens. And like I will say, I was a little disappointed that a couple people get knocked. Like there's only six people they're hunting. And a couple of them get knocked off, like killed right away, like from the get go. And like I felt a little disappointed about that just because like i was hoping it'd be a little bit longer in the hunting but it it makes up for it in like several scenes so uh there's this and but yeah so the hunt starts and everything they really they the townspeople tell them to hunt like to run off and the people run in the desert and so there the hunt starts and everything and i'm not going to go into too many spoiler details about what goes on in the hunt except for one fucking uh two things so one um so at one point warren's being hunted by three by a family of three who are hunter uh family of three and he ends up getting the upper hand on uh on them and i'm not going to spoil everything that happens like how he does and everything because it's really really cool and i would like everybody to watch it because it's just it's a very unique way like it's something i've never really seen in a movie and it was really cool but it leads up to probably my favorite line ever in any horror movie i've ever seen when it is because it fits for a movie like this it would have fit in a movie like the purge it would have fit it fits everywhere so okay so warren gets the upper hand on everybody and right before he deals the final like he uh deals the final blow to one of the family members 
he like straight up just asked him like why are you people doing this you know like what what's what's the real reason why are you people fucking hunting him and the person just looks at him and goes if you have to ask you'll never understand (laughs) (laughs) that's that's cool that is cool right like that's that's a good sorry go ahead go ahead I was, saying, I was just agreeing, like, right? Isn't that such a fucking badass final line to say? And, like, you could put that in any fucking movie, and it would fit, and it would make it, and, like, and honestly, it would do so much better than giving him a, a fucking backstory. Like, think about the the nun, Matt. Put that line in the movie of the nun, where they're trying mm-hmm. to find the backstory about this nun, but instead it's just a demon that just goes, if you fuck it, it, like, it possesses someone. They're like, why are you doing this to us? And he just goes, if you have to ask, you wouldn't understand. Like, boom! Like, that would be cool for a demon to say that or some shit, you know? <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of things that can so, save the nun, so... Well, I'm just saying, like, if no, you could, it, like, be, put that, be, I feel like it would make the nun better. <laughs> I feel like I feel like it would actually ruin the line in that case because it's just that bad of a movie. Or instead of having the movie The Nun, they just set like you know when they're trying to get Valak to say its name in The Conjuring Two, and they were like, "Where are you from?" or whatever. That's when it drops down that line. And then you You're never wrong. have to get the backstory. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> something stupid. Say like your that. name, <laughs> your mother. <laughs> But no, oh. I just, it was such a fucking badass line. So, like, I would love to see that. I just, I would, I, it was just so perfect to me. Because I was like, yeah, yeah, for real. Like, why would you try and explain yourself to justify yourself if you know you're going to die? Just be like, you're, you don't really care. You're going to kill me anyways. Fucking, if you need to ask you, why do you understand? It's just like the horror movie equivalent to if you have to ask, you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, so I fi- uh, finishing up my review. Um, yeah. So after that, like, there's one other really super badass fucking scene um, that I want to talk about, and that it's, it's super unique. And like, I feel like it might have been in another movie, but at some, another point, um, I'm just gonna say 15. Uh, no, this is whatever. So and because um, it, it's not super spoilery, but it's just this really cool part where fucking so someone. Like, there's a scuffle, and I'm not going to talk about it between who, but there's a scuffle, and one of them gets, uh, like, the, and at one point, they get hit to the ground, and they only have a shotgun shell, and the shotgun is, like, thrown away while they're in their scuffle, and the other guy pulls out his pistol, and right before he could pull off the, his fucking shot, the guy grabs the shotgun shell and a knife and just hits the shotgun shell from behind and shoots the, like it's to set it off like a fucking gun and it's such a cool fucking scene but at the same time in my head I was like okay your hand would have exploded sir <laughs> but it was such a cool scene to see that I was like I can forgive it like it's it was so badass <laughs> it's and then, it's okay so it, it's alright I mean, I don't know, man. Holding a fucking shotgun shell and then shooting it with just a knife, I think that's pretty cool. Um, no, I, I'm just saying, like, like it gets a pass. It's okay. <laughs> no, I know. It's all right. I mean, it wasn't that cool. <laughs> um, but yeah, and so finishing up, uh, I'm going to do a uh, spoiler warning for the ending, which I thought was fantastic, and it was just, like, it threw me through a loop. So 
Um, I'm going to do a quick one minute spoiler warning. So, uh, or actually, I'm sorry. I'm going to say a two minute spoiler warning. So, if you want to skip, uh, if you want to uh, miss the spo- uh, skip the spoiler, skip ahead two minutes, starting in three, two, one. So, the movie ends with Warren finally like killing all the people who are hunting him and everything. And there's this really cool story arc with Steve that I, that I don't want to throw in there because you need to watch it. It makes more sense seeing the whole thing with Steve go on. But anyways, so Warren and Steve get into a spy at the end. You find out that Steve actually went through the hunt and survived after he pushed his wife down and killed the baby. He actually like survived the hunt. And he somehow escaped. And when he heard, and uh, when he hears that St- Warren, sorry, fuck, I'm turning into you, Matt. I'm burping while I talk you now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Steve admits that, like, he he uh, catches up with Warren, and he admits to him, like, he knows where Warren's going because he survived the hunt. This is the only way he can go. And Steve was just like, the hunt changed my life. This changed me, and everything, and made me a better person. And Anyway, so Warren finally gets an uh, gets an advantage over Steve and ends up killing him in a super fucking badass way. But the movie ends with Warren walking out of the tunnel and he just gets fucking shot the second he gets out of the tunnel. And you're like, oh, shit. And, like, and he's just laying on the ground, like breathe, heavy breathing because he got shot. I think he got shot in the chest or the neck. But then you just see these Mex- uh, these Mexicans coming up to him. And the reason why I say that is because they're in Mexico, so they are. You're fine. And, Don't um, overthink it. Yeah. Yep. Overthinking. But anyway, so they come up to him and they're and you know they're like, "Huh? How bad is it that you want to sneak over into our country?" And Warren, like that's what they say. And Warren just starts laughing at him, and they get all pissed, and they shoot him again, and he's still laughing at him. And right before they're about to pull the third trigger into his head, it cuts to black. So you don't. But they like also look at him like maybe we should help him like maybe these guys helped steve but then it cuts to black and that's how the movie fucking ends and it's super good like it was it to me it was a perfect cliffhanger ending because it fit the scenario for everything that was going on with warren and it ties in really well with the whole like thing with you know the talking about and the whole like underlying meaning of alcoholism and stuff like that to where like and where like if you even if you're trying to get better from it and everything, like you still might get stumble. And even at the end of your journey, you're still going to like need to work hard to get over it, you know? And that was like, I felt like the perfect way to end the movie to like keep tabs on their like to also like sum up their meaning of the whole movie. Cause they put so much emphasis on alcoholism and did such a good job with it. I thought the ending was perfect and a perfect, uh, I'm trying to think of the fucking word conclusion no uh uh where one thing is like the other like you tell a story that's supposed to be related it's related. i can't remember anyway somewhat i i can't think of the fucking term right now i'm sorry where it's, it's okay like, yeah i'm sorry guys but anyways it was just it's really fun it was really solid but yeah fucking really good movie and it like to me, it kind of like came out of the woodworks, and I really do like it. There's like no, I don't remember any like coverage of it, so I highly recommend that to go watch this movie. It was really good, an extremely underrated movie, and it really caught my like caught me by surprise of how much I enjoyed it. Just like the hunt, 
like I knew I was going to enjoy the hunt, but like I didn't know I was going to enjoy it that much. And like and with this movie, it was about it was the same way with me. Um, so some fun facts about the movie. Uh, during filming, two crew members were lost while searching for filming locations. They were lost. They were found six hours later, dehydrated, stating that they thought they were only gone for 25 minutes. <laughs> Jesus. Um, the director, Lucian Gibson, is the son of Mel Gibson. So there's that. <laughs> um, and a few members of the crew reported seeing ghosts during production. Cameras often rolled for no. No reason while editing the film, an old ghost prospector was observed in the background of multiple takes, even though no one recalled seeing him on set. Ooh, it's a haunted movie. Oh, it, one, one last oh. one. Uh, it was on the it was on the happy hunting set where co-producer Joe Toronto discovered his hatred of cheese. Despite being of Italian descent, Mr. Toronto has never tried any type of cheese until one day on set during lunch. I just thought that was funny. Fantastic. Well, yeah. L- listeners, you have it there. Make sure you check it out. It's a it sounds like a ride of a yeah. movie. I I can't wait to check it out myself. Yeah, you can catch it on Amazon Prime. That's where I found it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. Um with that being said, I'm going to go ahead and just jump straight into mine now, only just because of time's sake and all that jazz. So do forgive me. But yeah, man, I, I'm glad you enjoyed your movie. It, it sounds like a trip. It sounds like a very raw, visceral trip of what would uh, a person hunting person type of movie be like, would be like. Mm-hmm. That's not words I just made. That wasn't a, that wasn't cohesive. That 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 was a thing that words, I just words are nice. Yep, yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun, man. And like I said, it was it was surprisingly like I caught it caught me by surprise mostly just because like I, I, I don't know like I had a surprise look finding movies that are about hunting humans and stuff like that because like I I felt like when the Purge came out and mm-hmm. uh, like those I can't remember what else came out around the Purge that was up around the oh, same thing. Battle don't Royale, don't worry about it. Don't worry and, about it. Um, honestly, like as compared to now, we've had better movies come out since then that dive on this subgenre. So I would say don't even worry about it at this point. What actually came out oh, then? Oh yeah, no, I know. But I was just like things like you know how many didn't really come out. I just felt like there was a lot of them coming out, and I'm just like now looking at it now, I'm like no, there wasn't. It was just Purge, fucking Battle Royale, Hunger Games. Yeah, that was about it. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> All right, listeners, I'm going to go ahead and jump in to uh, my film now. Um, again, please check out Cody uh, Cody's movie right now because right now my words are escaping me from my head at the moment, so I do apologize for that. Um, but, yeah, man, like it, it it sounds like a thrill ride. I can't wait to check it out. Um, but, yeah, you, are you ready to hear about mine? Yeah. Let's do it. So this one no, is – Oh, okay. Well, I'll tell you anyways. So this one kind of resides in the gray area of uh, popularity, to be quite honest. Um, it, it, you know, it, this is definitely a movie that's just been kind of around on Amazon and has been uh, floating around, especially if you have a Shutter account or just been watching any horror movies. This has probably come up come up on your recommended search options, and 
for this one, I'm I'm glad I dived into it. I'm glad I gave it a chance. It did face some controversy for what it was metaphorically about, but we're going to jump into that right now. I decided to do 2019's The Furies. So, directed by Tony D. Aquino and written by Tony D. Aquino, stars uh, Arlie Dodds, Linda Nugo, and Taylor Ferguson. A woman is kidnapped and finds herself an unwilling participant in a deadly game where women are hunted by masked men. And that's literally the whole synopsis, and that is actually right on the money. So, no need to critique <laughs> that from there. Um so yeah, this movie when it came out, um, and, and also still recently too, it has gotten a lot of praise for its take on gender roles in society and how it put it in its own artistic tense of a horror film. And so because of that, I, I feel like to some degree there has been like the stigma about this movie being like in a pro SJW type of movie. And so I'm not going to say it's that type of movie in any way. What I will say is that politics don't matter with any horror film, you know, unless it's like specifically about politics and with this one kind of like really, really emphasizing some gender politics here and there, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you all to still go into this review with an open mind as well. So I don't know where you lie on the issue, but I am just going to make that known going forward. But with that being said, this movie opens up with a bloody welcoming of what, what, what hopes to be a gore filled thrill ride. and does not take time getting to its first scene, which really is just kind of us being shown into what happened in the last type of hunt that they did and what, you know, Kayla, our protagonist, who's what she's going to be going through. And so it's just, it's just a very like bloody opening itself. It doesn't really need to be talked about aside from more. So just like hinting at what this movie is going to be about. And what I love about it is that it doesn't take long to, after its initial bloody intro, to get to the movie at all it does it's quick you know ca- you know camera change to the uh, the intro credits of the film with pete with this computer screen saying you know this movie is presented by so on and so forth opening credits done in that facet it doesn't it, it it's doesn't waste time with that and i love that it just jumps straight into the movie where we're introduced to uh excuse me early dodds playing as kayla um and her friend who is played by ebony uh vog vogulans excuse me playing the role of maddie so they are seen under a bridge tagging this wall and a conversation kind of like goes in between them where like maddie's just like is like kayla i'm t- tired of being you know the rock in your life i'm tired of trying to get you to get out of your shell you know i get it you have epilepsy but god you had to stop being such a coward you know and actually do something so they kind of like hit a point in their friendship where you know she's dropping these like heavy bombs on kayla and kayla's like well that's kind of fucking rude and they you know fight in the moment and then kayla's like look no we can't let the night end like this but then maddie just goes missing and that's where the movie kick picks up because Maddie's then being captured and taken and yells to Kayla, run, get out of here, Kayla, go. And before Kayla realizes what's going on also gets captured. And then the movie then transitions to what is uh, the rest of the film. Now I will say Kayla in no way is a perfect protagonist and that's kind of, and in tradition. That is why you end up wanting her to succeed. But like, I want to give credit to Arlie, uh, Arlie for her role and how, what she brings to it because Kayla isn't uh, is in a lot of senses just 
an average person who's just put in a shit situation and doesn't pretend to be like have this cool facade. Like she doesn't know what to do. She's just as terrified as all the other women that she is grouped up with. Um, what I will say is that kind of a trigger warning for those that do have epilepsy as well. Ironically, um, is that there is a scene that doesn't have any flashing lights, but has like an ear piercing, ear piercing, uh, sound with a red light. And it's used throughout the movie. Basically, whenever, um, you know, whenever the cat, whenever the contestants don't do what the catchers want them to do, or they start to break the rules, this loud piercing sound goes off with a red light, just fl- uh, just shining, showing that they're doing something wrong. And so, I just want to make that a trigger warning. It's nothing to do with the movie itself, aside from what it's used for within the film. But yeah, if you are sensitive to loud piercing noises like that, be aware it is in this movie. So I re- I would recommend kind of going with like a medium volume with this movie and, and just be aware of that. But um, going for it, the, the movie doesn't waste time with needless extended exposition of what's needed to be known about the characters and is only given as required by the scene instead. So like there's never moments throughout this movie where like, they're just like, yeah, I, you know, grew up in South Wales and you know, my mother and my father, you know, they had huge expectations for me as I was growing up to take on the family line name. And you're like, there's none of that bullshit. Right. It's just like, like, hi, I'm Kayla. Um, sometimes I have these moments where, uh, if I don't have my pills, I can have a, uh, have a seizure, and because I have epilepsy, uh, just so you're aware of that, that's why I passed out. Like it's it, obviously when they talk about it within the scene, it's a lot, it's a lot more well executed than the <laughs> example I give, but like it doesn't waste time like trying to get you to care about these characters. It's hey, these are random people who are thrown in a shitty situation, and they're figuring out just like you would be figuring it out, like. Because it's all about survival in this movie. You know, who gives a fuck, you know, what happened to you in fifth grade? It's all about survival. And I love that about this movie because even early on, one of the other girls talks to Kayla and is just like, she's like, you're going to have to get over your, you know, the fact that you don't have your pills for your epilepsy. Get the fuck over it. We are, it is now ride or die. We have to survive. Like, it's so I love that because it's it's true you know if god forbid if you were in that situation it wouldn't matter what you're coming in with it would matter that your life is at stake and if you make a mistake or if you don't keep moving you are going to die pure and simple you know the killer is not going to stop and be like oh you you know oh you you have this trigger oh well well i'll be more mindful of that before i stab you in the face you know like come on um so again I just think that's a fantastic thing that they that they put in. And the first kill alone in this movie establishes a very well-deserved five out of five buckets of gore. So the same girl that, like, talks to Kayla that tells her, like, you know, you need to get over the fact that you don't have your pills. We need to keep moving. Um, you, you know, she's she's not, like, mean. She wants to survive, too. Well, anyways, she gets hunted down by one of the masked men and is pushed up against a chair. And so, trigger warning for anybody who is thrown off by extreme scenes of violence, because this does not let up. So, the man, he takes his axe, the masked man, he takes his axe, and he just, like, digs it into the... Sorry, I totally, like, dropped my drink harder than I meant to. Um, <laughs> he digs it into... The girl's face and like he doesn't do just like a full swipe with it like he's literally like slowly etching it into the edge of her face peeling her face off while she's still alive and it is such a brutal and bloody scene 
Like, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, it might make some of y'all uncomfortable. But if you are a gore fiend like me, you are going to appreciate the attention to detail and how they pull the scene off in general. It is a good scene. And shout out to the actress who really sold this. Because, holy shit, man. Like, it is, the effects alone are just top notch in this. Like, I, I, I know I kind of, like, put a video on TikTok showing one of the guys getting their head blown off in a, um, like that is kind of like a good example of what to expect but yeah there's just scenes in this movie where there's gore like that that is just really top-notch and just like uh, like delicious like it's good well done well done but yeah keep in mind though fucking intense so if you're gonna watch this movie make sure you're watching you're gonna watch it with someone else make sure they can handle that because i would not show this to any of my friends who have more of a squeamish stomach at all um (laughs) With that in mind, though, with all this, like, intense gore and killing and chasing, there are these, like, small tidbits of humor that are thrown in throughout to help alleviate the tension. Um, like, for a- a- example, the second kill within the movie, or I will even just go with uh, the kill in the movie where it has, uh, it-, it shows one of the killers getting their head blown off. Again, if you want to go check out our TikTok, that's, I put that I put that scene on our TikTok, Veer Discretion Be Warned. Um but like it's funny because it's just you see this dude in like this farmer outfit wearing this pig mask and like he's trying to kill Kayla and then Kayla gets the machete from him and she's trying to come after him and he's like uh, uh, like and it's just really funny seeing that the killer you know it's his kind of like backing up and getting scared of of who he's hunting down there's even a scene in here where we're kind of going just a little forward in the movie where Kayla ends up killing another one of the killers and as another one's about to enter this barn that she's in she just like like deadlocks eyes with him she's like come on like and I just love it because the dude just like backs out slowly and he's like fuck never mind man like you're that uh, this is not a fight I'm wanting to get into <laughs> like I'd rather have my head blown up like there's these small little tidbits of like humor thrown out that are really that really do help alleviate tension in this movie so do keep that in mind um and somewhat of a con is having to watch Kayla run around look for something it's not really established what she's looking for like she's just kind of looking for other survivors for the most part which is what given I guess but there's a little too much of it. I mean, it's not the biggest con of the film, really, but it does kind of like slow it down a little more than it should, in my opinion. But honestly, it's one of those things that's e that's easy to overlook once you get through the rest of the film. Um, and again, I do want to put importance on the gore and the violence throughout this movie. Again, I am a fan of the gore in this movie, but when I say this, please understand, listeners, if you are squeamish. When it comes to blood or gory movies like this, this might not be up your alley because it's this is definitely for gore fiends. Like straight up, it is it is that type of movie. It is well executed, and there's a lot of it. So if you're somebody that is not that could be a trigger for you or is put off by that, just just be aware of that. Um, but again, there is a. That being said, there are these good amount of moments in between the gory kills that are put there to not completely, you know, shock or desensitize you. You know, they're there to help to keep it fresh. Um, going a little more far through the movie, as Kayla is just trying to find other survivors and whatnot, she does accidentally kill another person. 
And it is a smart one, considering our protagonist, much like anyone else who's trying to grasp the situation, is bound to make mistakes that will cost others their lives. And for that, I'm making it a pro because there's a scene where a girl sneaks up behind uh, Kayla and Kayla turns around and just accidentally, you know, like hits her in the neck with the machete and doesn't realize that, you know, it's a girl that's behind her because she didn't see her. And so I feel like this is a scene where anybody will be like, will be like, oh, Kayla, you dumb bitch. How do you not realize that? You know, but like legitimately, if you were just like kidnapped and put in a field where you're being hunted down by mass serial killers and you're just like trying to defend yourself with, with the only weapon you can find and something comes out from behind and shocks you. Unless you're like, I guess, a covert Marine or some bullshit like that, you're going to turn around and probably fucking hit him with a machete if they don't make their presence known beforehand. So that's why I make it a pro, because it just makes her more of a human. You know, she's unlike The Hunt, which I still love. Fantastic movie. You know, it's believable that somebody who's portrayed as cowardly will make these mistakes. So I'm glad that they did include that in the movie. Um mm-hmm. What the scare factor of this movie is, is just being put in a situation where you are powerless and have to act and think to survive, which is a very overwhelming theme throughout the film. and is so well executed, executed, not just through the, you know, intense gore and chase scenes, but character interaction and even how characters interact with the environment they are in. There's a lot of attention to detail in these subtle nuances that really add to the overwhelming scare factor of just being put in a situation where you don't know what's going to come around the corner next. Um, and again, practical effects are plenty throughout the film and deserves its own recognition. There's this one scene where we find out that the reason that the sound goes off in their head is because they were implanted with uh, these wires, this device, this chip in their head via connected to their eye. And so, you know, who's running the game can see what they are seeing via through their eye because they operated on them. So Kayla, at some point, fucking finds us out by gouging the eye out of one of the dead girls and it's just it's the whole like you can tell it's a fake head but it's again the attention to detail and the quality it's just worth the note like it is again gore fiends mm-hmm. this is up your alley just trust me when i'm telling you that five out of five again um and really what the there's all going to be i'm going to kind of jump into the metaphor of this movie so keep it in mind this is coming from uh from a guy standpoint if you want to look at it that way um the metaphor of men hunting women for their own pleasure is definitely not like lost on the viewer as obvious lines such as it's a fucked up world filled with fucked up man delivers an emphasis even with scenes when three of our protagonists are and are three of our uh the women that were following one of the protagonists and supporting characters team up to fight back at the sickle will at a sickle wielding maniac you know there is an obvious kind of metaphor there but it's in my opinion it's not like a force-fed thing you know, it's 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 well executed. Even if you want to take the metaphor away from it, it's still just a good scene in general. So as I kind of getting more into this, we do see Kayla begin to become the one who is our main survivor. But she mostly survives not just because of her will to survive, but also because she sees the importance of sticking together and not relying on her beast. Uh, so kind of going back into the movie. So every box that they are, you know, transported in um, says like beauty number six. Well, guess what? There also happens to be six men who are masked, who their boxes are uh, beast. 
So you find out that for each beast has its own beauty. And so the beast that we see in this movie that is kind of somewhat protecting Allie is only protecting her because it's keeping him alive as well. So she Mm -hmm. eventually realizes that, you know, I can't rely on this dude and kills her himself. And it's a big metaphor for finding and advocating for your own strength and not just relying on a man, but not relying on someone else. But in this case is a man. So she ends up taking the axe at some point from her beast, quote unquote, and kills him by jamming it into his heart. And it's a, it's a cool scene. And like, I know you're wondering, Matt, well, why didn't you give a spoiler warning? You're going to see it coming from a mile away. Like, I'm not going to lie to y'all. Like, you're going to see it coming from a mile away. But, um, again, even with metaphor, even with the metaphors of, of these women going to the extent to turn on each other in order to survive is not just kind of like, I'm not going to say it's a gender thing as more of it's a human quality that exists within everyone and can be just, can be transferable whether you take the gender metaphors into account or don't. So, one spoiler warning that I am going to give that does happen later on in the movie. Um, I'm going to give you just like a quick minute because it doesn't need to be any longer than that. So if you don't want this to be spoiled from you, what I'm going to go to is a spoiler that does happen to a major character within the movie. If you don't want to be spoiled, please skip ahead one minute now going in three, two, one. All right. This is now the spoiler portion. This is your last chance to skip ahead. So at some point, uh, or, you know, Kayla ends up making another friend called Rose, who is also trying to survive. And Rose ends up getting jealous of the friendship that Kayla has with Maddie. And so they end up fighting Maddie at some point, found that she survives. But Rose, filled with contempt and jealousy, ends up killing Maddie by slitting her throat because you find out that if the beauty dies, so does the beast. So she kills Maddie in order to kill the beast that was going to come kill Rose and Kayla. At least that's what she tells Kayla. But really you can see on display that Rose just wanted Kayla for her herself. So there's this kind of like turn on the metaphor itself where it's not just like uh, a man, you know, men hunting down women for prizes, but also that how, you know, women can also betray each other. And again, that's why I want to take the gender politics away from it in general, just because um, this is now the end of the spoiler. So if you skipped ahead, you're now at the right point. But that's why I want to take the gender out of it, because really, that's a scene that could be transferable in just about any horror movie in general. Again, the metaphor isn't lost on me, and it won't be lost on the viewer, but that scene is just such a good, well-executed, shocking scene in general that even if you take all the metaphors away from it, it's just a good scene. Like, Just trust me, because you don't see it coming. It is one of those kind of of out-of-left-field type of twists. And so what this movie leaves you with at the end of the day is a fun gore thrill ride. And what must be said for the film is that whether you take the film as another slasher kill fest or an artistic metaphor for what women have to go through in society with toxic masculinity in abundance, the Furies brings a fresh take on the human hunting human subgenre that not only can relate to many, regardless of why you're investing in it. So whether you just want a good gore filled fun ride, or you want something that is a little more relatable, this movie does hit on a lot of nods and it doesn't pander to its audience. And for that alone, I think, it deserves far more attention so please please check out the theories we're going to jump into some quick trivia facts about it right now or maybe if i can get my shit straight okay but um 
Yeah, going to jump into some trivia right now about it. Um, the lady, uh, okay, I'm not going to give you that trivia. Are you kidding me? Sorry. I'm sorry, listeners. I'm so mad because the trivia for this movie is only two things. And one is one is better than the other, but the other is really dumb. So the first one is the ladies are called beauties and the men are called beasts, referencing beauty and the beast. No shit. <laughs> So no. this, this one's a little cooler because no, it's more that was funny. Just, that was just all over the movie. <laughs> um, at 31 minutes and 58 seconds, you can see one of the girls grabbing a blade. It jiggles and it's clearly made of rubber. So I like that. That's kind of an actual trivia fact because now I'm going to look out for that next time I watch the movie. But so, yeah, that sucks that there isn't any better trivia than that. <laughs> They're called they're called beauties and beasts because of get this Beauty and the Beast. Uh, yep, you didn't see that coming. I bet you. God, that's the stupidest thing ever. I never got that because even though the movie was like, hey, you know, we're gonna throw wear our influence all over our sleeve, we should probably make sure those. Pesky trivia hounds know what we're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, This movie, if you want to check it out, is on Amazon Prime with a premium subscription um, or a Shutter subscription on YouTube for $3.99 and on Google Play Movies and TV for $3.99. But if you happen to live in Fort Collins, Colorado, or anywhere with a shop that exclusively deals in horror movies and can get them for you, please go check out Gorehound's Playground or any of your local horror establishments that can service the need, please, please support those locos because, you know, they, we, we, we can't lose them. We love them, so please support them. Um, but, yeah, that's my movie review, man. That's that's the, that's the whole shebang. Nice. That's good. I'm, I'm excited to watch it, mostly just for the face-peeling scene. Well, and, and really, it's a straightforward <laughs> movie. Like, it doesn't do, like, no, what, I, what I loved about the movie is that it doesn't, like, waste time with, like, fucking dumb flashbacks of how they got to this point or what it got started. It's, no, she's put in the middle of this shit and she's got to figure it out and you're along for the ride. Like, there's, like, it, it's just, it's good. It is so good. And I it is there's so much more attention in and I feel like a lot, and I do feel like there's people that will look at this movie and just be like, "Ugh, a female centric or centered movie where where it talks about strong female independence." And uh, now I'm not like talking about anyone. I'm not talking about like a whole group of people, but like I've talked to these type of people before. They're, they're them. If you're listening to mm-hmm. this, I'm sure you've talked to or you know witnessed these type of people before. Like. Look past that because this movie is probably one of the most gory movies I have ever seen, and like even had me go ooh at a couple points. Like, like it, it, when it could get me to go ooh, like you know it's kind of a big deal. I will say that much. So um, <laughs> yeah, just check it out. Like the Furies is good. It's good. Yeah, I'm excited to watch it. Yeah, I think I think you'll get a kick out of it. Nice. You won't, I, you won't laugh at it as much as you did the hunt, but I know you're gonna like it. <laughs> you're gonna not. like the way you look. <laughs> not everything needs to be a love. You're gonna like the way they look when they die. <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna like the blood effects. <laughs> you're gonna love the decapitation. You're gonna like, you're gonna like the way it looks. 
<laughs> All right, now Men's Warehouse is going to sponsor us. I know. Now they're just going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> that's, that's a sponsor that would never happen. Like, there's no way they would. To, just to kind of cement it, here, I, here's, here is my rough ad copy for, uh, for Men's Warehouse. Men's Warehouse, where even if you do Coke, at least you'll look nice. You're going to like the way you look. <laughs> where even if you are missing all your teeth, you're going to like the way you look. Men's Warehouse, where even you deal in shady business practices, you're going to like the way you look. <laughs> Try and get like Michael, uh, get like Freddy Krueger to be a stand-in for it. You can kill children in their dreams, you're gonna and like you'll the like way, the way you look. You'll like the way you look. <laughs> you're gonna get roped into a wedding that you don't want to go to, but you want to hopefully you know score at. But you don't want to commit to buying a suit. You're gonna like the way you look. <laughs> You're going to go for this job interview that you really don't understand why you really need to go to it. But you have to dress nice, even though you don't understand why you need to wear a suit for an interview about cleaning toilets. But you're going to like the way you look. When you have to make a court order appearance, but you don't have enough money to buy a suit outright, you're going to like the way you look. (laughs) When you're looking at working in this kitchen and you need to go for another other interview you're gonna like the way you look even though you don't wear fucking suits in kitchens <laughs> when you want to go to your local coffee shop and look like an important person but don't want to fully commit you're gonna like the way you look <laughs> for jason it'd be <laughs> if you're gonna go to camp go to a uh, camp out in the middle of the woods and start slashing those teenagers for touching themselves you're gonna like the way you look <laughs> When you when you are a popularized creepy, creepy pasta from German lore, and you and you make people do heinous things, and you're regarded as slender, you're gonna like the way you look. <laughs> when you come around before the fat guy given presents in the beginning of the winter, and you stuff them children into that sack for being little assholes, you're gonna like the way they look. <laughs> When you're driving around in your Audi and you remember that you don't need to use turn signals because you're important, but not important (laughs) enough to buy the suit outright, you're going to like the way you look. I like that one. (laughs) That's right. I'm calling you Audi drivers out. I've seen you. I've seen enough of you to make that comment. You're not fucking sly. (laughs) You're in this shit with the rest of us. Don't don't even pretend. Fucking assholes. <laughs> I'm sure there's Audi drivers out there that are sweet and nice and know how to use their signals. If you do, this does not pertain to you, so you can relax. <laughs> Chill. And use your turn signal. Use your turn signal. With that being said, ghouls, gals, keeps and means. We're now at the end of another Friday episode. We hope you've enjoyed these movie reviews. We hope you've enjoyed something you love and hate. And we hope you've enjoyed spending time with us. Uh, to just end it out, thank you again, everybody, for supporting us. You know where to go. Go check us out on Facebook, Punker Horror Podcast, or on Twitter at official PRHP, 
or on Instagram, Punk Rock Horror Podcast, hashtag PRHP Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at the Undead Matt and Cody on Twitter at this Cody. And also, if just so you're aware, we are because we are again restructuring our YouTube and taking our sweet time with that. Mm-hmm. We are it, we're not posting any audio episodes. Excuse me, listeners. We are not posting any audio episodes on there currently, so we are only available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, or Google Podcast, Player FM, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you don't see us on there, let us know and let us, we will put in the work to get our content on there for you to check us out. But also, again, you can check us out on slashandcast.net. That's again, slashandcast.net. With that being said, listeners, we are going to go ahead and close out this episode, close the gates to this dungeon, and talk about horror with you next time. Bye. Bye.